0: What is up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Beers and Today, we're going to be talking about beer beers and airplanes. and airplanes.
1: Just realized that hand motion and oh, shouldn't do that again. Into the sky.
0: <laughs> that's that's all right. Uh, we're just not going to call attention to it. No. Every no. everything is going to be totally fine. How are you doing, sir? Welcome in. Welcome in, everyone. Welcome in, Nick, to uh, to another episode. Our first episode post. Post wedding. By wedding. Uh, there it is. I was going to say, let's, oh, there let's it see is. Let's see the
1: ring. Let's see the ring. Yeah, there it is. There, there it we is. are. I,
0: uh, I, uh, it got a little stuck yesterday, so I was pulling it, and I swear, I swear that I pulled my finger out of my socket just the slightest bit.
1: Wow. If that's not already a sign, he's already trying to pull it off, and it's not coming off.
0: I routinely like wake up and go throughout the day and Christina would be like, "Where's your ring. I'd be like, oh, it's uh, in the other room. I love the part like
1: marriage. I think nowadays it's one of those where it's like we've already lived together for years. Like we just now we just had a party and gone ahead and and like, you know, registered with the state. But yeah. uh, you know, it's yeah. not like years ago where it's like we were we met each other. We were dating for six months and then six months later we got married. What's like, the, nope. the matter wrong with you people? <laughs>
0: <laughs> not nope, not like that anymore. And we wonder so, um, why I, like I said that. we have it for real. Welcome in, everyone. If you didn't get a chance to look at the ring, you can always come watch us over on YouTube at Beers and Podcasts. Come find us over on the TikTok and the Instagram at the same. I would say the TikTok. Uh we're we're, you know, we're working on it. Nick's working on it really, really hard. So uh go check out his hard work. You can come check us out over on Twitter at Beers and One. And as always, send in everything to beers and podcast at gmail.com. Nick. My Alex, friend, are sir. you are you ready for this
1: Cape May beer? I am. I, it is it is a perfect beer. We are recording on. oh Jesus! We are recording on Memorial Day weekend. It is Memorial Day itself, uh, of 2020, it 2022 So, if there was ever a more perfect, uh, I think, brewery to go for on a day like today, Kate May Brewery.
0: Kate May, baby,
1: the pride Always and ready. joy
0: of New York <laughs> actually we i feel like we need to take a trip down here but always ready hazy pale ale can't go wrong
1: drink local right mm -hmm. actually i'm excited i did not read the i'm holding it still like i feel like i'm on the price is right um (laughs) i didn't read the profile until just now oh yeah go for it so cape may is home to the coast guard so we salute those who are always ready with the juicy hazy pale ale with the addition of wheat and oats for a medium body and with vibrant aromas of tropical fruits like pineapple, mango and citrus zest this lush hop bomb is always ready Oh even more appropriate on memorial day i love that
0: right let's, let's yes let's let us get on uh, in i'm going to i'm going to roll it Ooh, i don't think God. we need to roll much because it is it's just a pale ale correct just a little hazy pale ale oh you know what we don't i don't think we've ever had a pale ale on the uh that's a lie we've definitely had a pale ale right i
1: think we have but i don't think we've had one that seems as complex in terms
0: of some of the uh some of the flavors oh so i let's... get i get the hops let me tell you nick buddy while, while we pour these beers you know we're going to be talking about airplanes today yes we right? are um this i believe this was your topic
1: yeah, I don't know where it came from either to be perfectly honest. With you. I think I'm I am jonesing for a vacation.
0: Okay, so in lieu of that, like how how long is too long for you to fly? Uh, there is no limit. The limit
1: does not exist. The limit does not exist. Now, the caveats, however, they do. Um and it is I can sit in coach economy. Sorry. Uh, I can sit in like a coach flight for two. Yes. yes, mm, Uh, for about seven hours, I can do coach anything beyond like a seven hour flight. No, I need something just a little bit more relaxing.
0: That's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah. It's it's well, a lot of times again, like those or for like international flights, obviously. Um, I shouldn't say obviously, but um, yeah, that's like my limit. I think the first time I had flown home from Rome, direct uh, back to like JFK. And just because of like, you know, the wind and the, the airstreams and all that stuff, I didn't realize that it was like an eight and a half hour flight. Oh, wow. And roughly, like I said, roughly around that like seven- seven and a half hour mark, I was like, fuck this. Like I am done. I need, I need to be treated just a little bit better. I need a little bit more room for these, you know, long dancer legs of mine. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I would say is my like limit. Okay. What do you have?
0: Uh, Or how long is too long? Like five hours, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I start to get like really cramped up, you know, cause you know what it is? It's like, it's not the same as, as being in a car for five hours. And I know that if I'm in that car, I could stop and stretch my legs. If I got to get out, you know, I could stop for snacks.
1: That's true. That like is I, true.
0: There's a way there's much, a much easier way out. It when, also, when we're not in a plane.
1: I'm a big proponent also of like it, depending whether or not, again, you're flying domestically or you're flying internationally because figure like Newark, to the west coast in general is just about like six six and a half ish hours and the fact that those sons of bitches will go ahead and like charge you for like a meal like drives me insane and or a snack or we're going to come around once you know or maybe twice for a drink but it's only you know uh soft drinks and and Tea and coffee are going to be included, but if you want to have a cocktail, then you got to pay. Oh, meanwhile, for sure. Meanwhile, though you fly in the other direction, like a flight from Newark to London is about the same. It's about six, six and a half hours. And they're there they are whining and dining you. You've got a full meal, you get all your booze, you know, right up front there. And I'm about it. I can do that, you know. Well, I, I think it's
0: it. it sounds like the destination, you know, like we get screwed if we're staying domestic.
1: We're back, uh, you know, technical, <laughs> t- technical difficulties, technical, uh, very technical. I can't wait to show you the way that I don't know if you saw if I froze on your end. Oh, yeah. OK, because you froze on my end, which is hilarious in terms of like the freeze frame that I got of you. Wow.
0: second, Beautiful. for a second, I'm not going to lie to you. You were in a way where I thought that maybe you were just playing a trick on me and it just froze. You ever see that video online where it's those guys doing a presentation with their boss and the first oh, guy freezes you yeah, have he stops first guy freezes <laughs> and then the other guy picks up and he freezes That's- and then he's like i can clearly see i can see carol in the background <laughs> just, you're eating chips no you had the same sort of th- because you actually got
1: you got oh, close it- enough to where i couldn't see anything happening oh, in the background go. either so it worked out
0: very very well let's very go. well that in a thousand this. here oh boy so i have never flown internationally So I have, I have nothing to compare it to. You're about to though. Um, I guess
1: technically. Yeah. It, it, that's a a British or yeah, it's a British Virgin Island. now. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. Okay. All right. Maybe.
0: This will be fun. I'm not good at
1: geography. This will be fun folks. When, when I get the phone call going, they won't let me in. And I also can't get out. So, uh, you're gonna have to fly. Oh, that could just or. call me
0: Brittany Griner at that point. They, sure. The 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 US uh women's basketball player who's been detained in Russia for like uh Ooh,
1: too soon. <laughs> yeah, cool. way too
0: soon. Too soon. And I had to explain it too. Yeah, wow, that poor gal.
1: Yeah, I like how if I'm not mistaken, didn't the WNBA like just come out and be like, We're trying our hardest to go ahead and get her out? It's like bitch, she's been there yeah, for how like, long has it been now? W- a hundred day, over a hundred days now.
0: It yeah, feels like longer than that. Honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. A hundred days is still it's still a long roughly time. like you know nearly a third of the year. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, off that. Uh, yeah. So about five hours on a plane for me. That that feels just about long enough to uh, to not want to be on a plane anymore. Now
1: I didn't get really too much into this in any of my research and whatnot, but we I was
0: these by the way.
1: We should. I was going through. Cheers. Clink.
0: Oh, on a ooh. day like today. Mm.
1: On a day I wish like it was a little today, colder. Me but I'm too, not even mad. But I'm not upset about it. I thought the same thing, but it is such a nice. Oh, I get a lot of that nice mango and pineapple coming oh, yeah. through in it's there.
0: Big tropical flavors. Really, really. It's almost nice. it's a little more weedy than uh than I'm used to, or than I would have expected, I should
1: say. Well, and it it specifically notes that their addition of the wheat and oats to give it more of that medium body, because it is a little bit uh, heavier, I think, than a traditional pale ale. Yeah. Just slightly, just enough, I think, for it to be noticeable, but not to the point where you're all of a sudden like dipping into um, like ipa territory
0: necessarily oh i like that it has uh pairings on the side too oh yeah cheese fish meat cheese fish and ch- chicken wings i guess chicken wings oh i i would oh i could go for a you you wing. served it in the right glass good on you though that was just There's a s- little sense oh okay well i mean good on you anyway are you not um, drinking out of a pint glass no, no, I've got my little, uh, my little, I like the can. Oh, you like the can, I'm can Big glass. fan of the can glasses the can yeah. glasses. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, this is really the only thing I had other than oh, like okay, a, uh,
1: like a, you know, what is it? The Chimay glasses.
0: Let me tell you, I'm, I'm pretty impressed by this and there's a, there is a really intense hop flavor,
1: much hoppier than I, I didn't expect. Yeah, yeah. I did not expect.
0: Yeah. Me too. And I think that's because of that, that haze. does it say what type of hops are in here? you know what didn't um i feel like i need to know though
1: stand by to stand by
0: yeah there's also something else on there it says semper semper paratus
1: oh i don't know i wonder not if sure what that means the, i wonder if like how marines are semper fi i wonder if this is like the coast guard is semper par- oh, oh yeah you know always what ready. semper paratus means always yeah it means always means always ready always prepared or always ready yeah Stand by um, the standby what, what was the other oh hops that's right
0: uh always ready
1: it's nice at a 4.8
0: abv too. you know it's a it's it's very drinkable very very drinkable yeah it's i, it's, I could crush about 13 of these what's like, nice this is a lawn work beer
1: yeah what's nice too is that it's just a, again it's a step up i would say from your like traditional oh, come on almost like light beers if you will it's yeah. got a little bit more nuance to it, but you can still, like I said, you can still crush through a whole bunch of these. And these they're moderately priced. Flavor. And they're
0: moderately priced because yeah, you, know, you know, I'm looking. I'm on the uh I'm on the website, on the Cape May website, and they don't it doesn't have the hops in it. I'm really bastards. surprised. I know I'm kind of surprised. Bastards. This has won an award, though, this beer. It's
1: again, this is one of their, I think, um, almost like some of their they're they're more like classic quintessential always available um brews.
0: I think so too. I'm impressed. I'm I'm on the site trying to figure out what uh, award that it won.
1: Someone's but... timing belt is not working very well and it's been driving me oh. insane cuz they're clearly circling the block for a spot and uh
0: Oh, sad day.
1: Uh I could go in on this for a long time a little bit colder like you I, said. I almost this, killed mine already this is a perfect you know what kind of beer this is a reach your hand down into the bottom of the cooler the oh. ice is there's still a decent amount of ice but it's kind of melted wondering where was i putting my hand where does yes have me putting my hand this listen time? you know what you stuck up you stuck around long enough to find out and i hope it was worthwhile yes. which would have been our response no matter what i was gonna say <laughs> But the one where like all of a sudden you start to feel like halfway up your arm, like it's numb. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, you're going to pull one of these suckers out and it's going to be worth it. So, so worth it.
0: Mm. This was a good choice considering, you know,
1: we we had plenty of choices. Good Lord. I'm going to go pretty high. Okay. I'm like, I'm feeling like a four, four. Like I really, I enjoy this as a, I enjoy this as a, uh, uh, how can I phrase this simply complex? It's there's, it's a simple beer. It's not super heavy. I think that you could get away with, especially when it mentions like the pairings, I think that you could get away with drinking this for a decent period of the year. Like, I think you could start drinking this in March or April and go all the way through to September, October.
0: I like that. Yep. And I, I enjoy that quite a bit. Yeah, I'm this is four four. Wow, that's uh, that's a little higher than I thought. Yeah, either of us were going to be. Um, no. I will say that I'm I'm pretty close. I'm at four one. Okay, like I think right under four one, four oh nine. I think yeah, I'm getting like uh, I'm getting that big mango tropical pineapple-y kind of note and the
1: yeah. Ooh, and I've got a lovely breeze that just came through as you were describing that too. It, it's
0: beautiful outside today, honestly. It is. I did. We were very happy to go outside. You know, first first day really out of the house for the most part. That's right. That's right. Being on the shelf and everything again. Got to love it. Alex on the shelf. He's back again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, you know, uh, was it what's the word? Semi-annual, semi-annual. Yes. This is the
1: semi-annual Alex on the Shelf broadcast. Yes. No, yeah, it's 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 very, very nice. I hope this is a good precursor for the uh, for the summer to come.
0: Yeah, man. I uh, can't wait to get in person again. I know. But this is going to be great for the next yeah. episode. Yep. Would you like to uh, kick things off? You know what? I, I would. I'm going to sure. actually start us off. I have something rather uh, short, mm-hmm. but uh, I think it would be good to talk about first because something that I always think about whenever I think about airplanes is how fast they go. Oh yeah. Always I've been, always been super interested in that. Um I think it's really cool to see like how far we've come as far as technology yeah. and uh and or or as you're about to see, like what I didn't expect was like how far we've we've came already, mm-hmm. but like haven't been able to surpass yet, or maybe it's because of like the needs. Yeah. But I sent you a link. Yes. So if you care to phone. bring up um the second of those links that i sent you okay and what we're going to talk about is some of the fastest fighter jets oh shit so this is like i said something that always kind of uh intrigued me whenever we start talking about like breaking the sound barrier so mock speed okay oh wow so we're, t- so we're talking about breaking the sound barrier. That's what yeah. that refers to. So mock speed would be uh, 332 meters per second or 717 miles per hour. So we're talking like, you know, unfathomably fast. Faster than a commercial jet. Yeah. Which I think sit around uh, anywhere between 400 and 500. Somewhere around miles there. per yeah. hour. Yeah. Right. So when something breaks the sound barrier, you know, it can be characterized by a sonic boom. Yeah. Which uh, which is always so fun to watch, like watch it actually break that barrier. Um, so I got in- interested and I wanted to know, like, what what was or what is the fastest jet? So, like, the fastest jet ever was more of a rocket with wings. Um, <laughs> as and you can see it if you scroll down a little bit in that page. It's the old rickety looking one. Yeah, is um, that it really? Yeah, so. Back in the uh, 60s, NASA and the United States Air Force teamed up and they built what's called the X-15. So it actually isn't jet propulsion. It's rocket propulsion. So technically, it's kind of like doesn't even really count, but it does count because it was a a crude, um, you know, like powered aircraft. So this actually reached Mach 6.72, which um, clocked in at around 4,500 miles per hour. That's, that is so yeah. incredibly fast. It's, it's five times the speed of sound. Holy the, shit. So, this is the X 15. Uh, this still holds the record to this day for the highest speed ever by a man, like a crew powered aircraft. Um, and by like any other margin. Or oh, I'm sorry, by a huge margin, clears any jet by a huge margin. So now let's go to the fastest jet in service. So this this jet is still in service. Yeah. So if you scroll down just a little bit more, you are going to see uh, actually a beautiful picture. You guys will see this too. In the sunset, that silhouette of a jet, that is the uh, MIG-25 Foxbat. So MIG stands for Mikoyan Gurevich. Uh, it's capable of about Mach 3.2 or 2,190 miles an hour. Oh my god! Which is still like an incredible speed, but that's h- half of the uh, the X15. Mind What
1: me. what was the the difference in in time?
0: Meaning, like when when did these? So the X15. Oh, okay. Uh, was in the sixties. Was so in the sixties. Yeah. This uh, this MG, Mig 25 Foxbat was. Brought about in the seventies, it's oh, okay. a Russian, a Russian-built um, interceptor, and for over fifty years, it has remained the fa- one of the fastest fighter jets to ever be used in service. Huh, wow! Who would have guessed that they they peaked in the seventies? Right. So, like yeah. I said, Mach three point two, or about twenty two hundred miles per hour.
1: Oh my god! And
0: then just just like really really quick for uh, for another fast hitter, I want to talk about the Blackbird because I feel like. A lot of people know what that is. Singing um, in the dead of night. <clears throat> exactly. Which one is the Blackbird? That is, if you go down just a little bit more, you'll hit a list, actually.
1: Oh, yes. Just um, click on yep, the and
0: it's the second one on the list. So we're oh, talking yes. Mach 3.4 here. So the Blackbird, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, is traditionally a surveillance aircraft. I mean, still are incredible speeds, t- speeds of 2,500 plus miles per hour. Good God! But they're not really used much anymore because most of the surveillance now is done by satellite. Oh, so these right. Are, these were actually retired uh, in 1999 by NASA because they don't really use them. You know, they don't need them anymore. This is insane
1: because when you kind of like when you you look through this paragraph and some of this information, you know, it beat the so like we kind of know, I think at least like the the Concorde. Yeah, um, I was
0: I was gonna get this.
1: I'm glad you did. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, I, no, just, it's okay. I didn't even
0: real like. No, it's for, fine.
1: For reference, for us, because I it's think awesome. like yeah, like when we get when we think about like airplanes, you know, the fastest thing that we've known otherwise for like commercial travel is you know the Concorde. Um, that was always you know New York to London in roughly three hours, uh,
0: and this beat the Concorde by a full hour. I know. It's awesome. Holy shit. Yeah, it's really awesome. So it's, that was so ooh, London London oh to New God. York in an hour and 54 minutes.
1: Yeah, that's a a regular flight from New York to Florida. It Kinda, went across yeah. the entire Atlantic. Yeah. Holy
0: shit. Yeah, it's pretty awesome.
1: It's so amazing yeah, so, how
0: we just stopped. I know. Well, and that's the thing like did we really stop? Probably not. No. No. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, I mean, probably not. All right. Right. It's yeah. Kind of like one of those, you know, like, oh, well, it's fastest, fastest jet in service. In you service. Know, that's Right. That's how they get around it. Uh, oh, wow. It's all yeah. That semantics, buddy. Such is life. Yeah. Such
1: is life.
0: Right. So that was my little, you know, I wanted to hit on that. I thought that was really cool. Interesting. And, uh, you know, who doesn't love fast things? I love And especially
1: when it comes to travel, I am a firm firm proponent in get me to where Definitely. The, I got to go as Hundo. fast and as safely as humanly
0: possible. Yes. Damn it. We want efficiency, safety, but most of all, fast. Fast. Yes. And we can do all those things. I think or- that is a, uh, that's a perfect tagline for, for this generation. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I want it safely, but we want it fast. Yes. I
1: want it fast. I want it now, but I want to, you know, make sure that it's done well. Um, but I want the golden goose. But I want a golden goose, Daddy. Yeah, still the best line. You're gonna be very unhappy, Randy Henry. Um, I went immediately, kind of off the tracks with this. Now, I will say, I, I don't know, and I'm, I'll ask you: are, are, you, nervous to fly? Like, do you not like flying, or do you like?
0: Flying? Uh, no, I, I, I'm not nervous to fly. But I will say that that first ascent always kind of gets me. Yes. You know, like that, that ramp up and then you hit the air and you're still climbing. You're like, Oh, it's the roller coaster that never comes back down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm that always gets that me one. a little bit.
1: Yep. The first five minutes of a flight are usually the ones where I'm like, yeah. Am, am sure yeah. Uh, yeah, am I sure I want to do this? Yeah. Yeah. sure? Is it too late? Otherwise I do. I love to fly and I love the, the, the atmosphere around flying. And I think that it's because I always associated it maybe with like something glamorous. You know, there was always something very kind of like cool about sure. flying. None of this preface has anything to do with. What I'm going to, I discuss. was
0: wondering where you were going with this. None, nothing. Fantastic. Not a
1: thing. Um, I, however, uh, started off with uh, leaving on a jet plane. The great song. Great song. Love it. Um, Interestingly, and I there's actually a lot I didn't know about this. I know all the words and the whole nine yards, but I didn't know too much. Um, so the song was originally written by John Denver um, in 1966 for his debut demo. And it was titled originally, Babe, I Hate to Go, you know, just as the lyric, you know, insinuates. hmm. So at the time, he was 23 years old when he had written it, and he had done or he had written the song during like a long layover at Washington Airport, um, which was the airport that used to be down in D.C. before it became um, Reagan or Dulles, Reagan, Dulles, whatever the hell it is. I think it's Dulles, actually. Yeah, Reagan's in Texas. Dulles is in, uh, in D.C. Um, so he had originally written it, you know, uh, while he was waiting for this layover. And when he had recorded it, he made a number of copies and he had actually gave them out as Christmas presents that particular year, which means that somewhere there is a like an original copy of Leave it on a Jet Plane. As a oh, Christmas yeah. Floating gift around. From John Denver. That's awesome. So his producer at the time was a guy by the name of Milt Oaken, and he had convinced him to change the name. To leaving on a jet plane in 1967, so about a year later. So in 1967 at the same time, this guy Milt Oaken, also happened to be the pro- also happened to be the manager for um, and producer for Peter Paul and Mary, the, the folk trio. So Peter Paul and Mary had recorded a version of the song as well. Um, you know, John Denver and, and them were all really good friends. And the trio had released it as a single, and it actually became their biggest hit of their entire like performance career, and also their last one. It was also the only song of theirs that made it to number one on the charts. So, wasn't even something that they had written. Meanwhile, John Denver, him you know, had re-recorded the song for his first studio debut album that same year in 1967 and when he released the single it failed to even make it on the charts
0: interesting
1: right so he had later commented um during commented on the song during a bbc radio special he had said quote this is a very personal and very special song for me it doesn't conjure up boeing 747s or 707s for me as much as it does the simple scenes of leaving bags packed and standing by the front door, taxi pulling up in the early morning hours, the sound of a door closing behind you and the thought of leaving someone that you care for very much. I was fortunate to have Peter, Paul and Mary record it and have it become a hit, but it still strikes a lonely and anguished chord in me because the separation still continues, although not so long and not so often nowadays. So it was always meant to be a really kind of lonely sad depressing song and even in the wake of its kind of success he still always felt it to be that way um and of course then perhaps not too surprisingly the song was used frequently in uh commercial adverts specifically for united airlines in the late 60s and early 70s um and i had found one of them as well and it's hilarious it's oh did i lose you
0: are you on mute Yep. There you go. Yep. Sure am. Regale us, please. It was um it's a live looking at me playing video games at like 11 o'clock at night. Perfect. Where did fine. Alex go? We haven't heard from him in like five. That's fine. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Oh I'm God. just I'm muted. muted.
1: But it's uh the commercial is for United and it's following um what you know, I guess we can call it, you know, what they did at least at the time. So I get off my goddamn back. But like stewardess training academy like graduations when they were being given these like hats and their fathers would come up and give them like hats and put them on and the whole night because don't forget like being a flight attendant in the 60s and 70s was huge
0: i mean i feel huge. like it's a big deal now but yeah it
1: still is a hundred percent i don't want to take away from that no, yeah, I, yeah that was really like the first it's kind of deal. example oh yeah so you hear you know you see all these shots of them at their like graduation um and then in the background, again, you know, leave it on jet plane is, uh, is going through. And even then, United, I didn't know, was still
0: Fly the Friendly Skies. Still? Yeah, even back well, then. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, shoot. Oh, I can't minimize the meaning. Oh, All right, my bad. Oh. Sorry, computer. I'm having some real interesting technical. Yeah, I've never seen my, you know, like an inanimate object yell at me so much. Usually, animate objects do that.
1: I feel like I'm yelled at more by inanimate objects. My the 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 wireless speaker that I have, mm-hmm. when when it uh, when the battery gets low, it wants me to um, you know charge it, but it has an accent, so it says, uh, you know, low battery, please charge, low battery, <laughs> please charge, and oh, I okay. find myself yelling at it. Very frequently, Go, I know. Sounds I like know, a one one, I other charged. Shut up. It's stupid
0: thing. They're <laughs> so, it um, on a
1: jet plane, John Denver.
0: You know, whenever I think about John Denver, dear, I mean, you definitely don't think about this, but I always think about Final Destination because John Denver. They used the John Denver song in uh, the first or second one. Really? Yeah, I think it was Rocky Mountain High. I love John Denver. In fact, I
1: actually wrote down when I was doing my notes. I wrote down originally written by John Denver, R.I.P. Gone too soon. I love
0: you. <laughs> I love you. Do what I do. I leave myself little notes in my notes. They're just for me. They're, they're not. For, they're not for anyone else. They're just, just
1: for me. Just wait till we get to my second conversation or my second uh, topic to discuss.
0: All right, I'm I'm excited. So I'm oh. gonna I'm gonna take us. I got two more. They're they're both honestly like I like them both. Um okay, I'm I'm ready to try my rod serling yeah. my, my imitation again. All right, we're gonna yes, go let's go for we're it. We're gonna go back to the Twilight Zone because I don't know, like I feel like now that I've talked about it once, I can connect the dots to any <laughs> any Twilight Zone episode I really want to do. Oh hundred percent. Speaking connect the dots, like I'm gonna go out and buy myself an adult connect the dots book. Because I oh, feel like that would really bring harmony to my life. They've got to be really intense in the adult versions, too, right? I hope so. They're just easier. <laughs> like, <laughs> draw this triangle. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh... Okay. So anyway. Another like absolute banger of a Twilight Zone episode. And I can't believe I'm doing another Twilight Zone episode, but here so we go. Excited. The name is Nightmare at 20,000 feet starred a very young, mind. I add William Shatner mm-hmm. and his famous line is if you don't know it from uh, the twilight zone, then you 100% know it from Ace Ventura pet detective. When nature calls, there's something on the wing, some thing classic William Shatner line. Uh, I think what also oh, makes this, God. this episode like so such a classic is that it? Kind of preys on, like you asked me at first. It kind of preys on people, you know, the the innate fear of flying. Oh, hundred percent. You know, so, and that's what's made it like stick around, be such a strong presence. I feel like in film since because there's been remakes. There, there, there
1: was a remake of it. I think a couple different ones. Specifically from right,
0: specifically under the title of Twilight Zone, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, yep. So I'm going to talk about uh, one of them, and it's mm-hmm. of the same exact um, name, "Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet." It was in the Twilight Zone movie. There was a, I, there was an adaptation of it.
1: I just listened to a podcast about the Twilight Zone movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited to hear what you've got. Okay, uh, great.
0: On this one, very. And then exciting. There, there's one I also didn't talk about, um, and it's called "Nightmare at Thirty Thousand Feet," and that's in. Uh, man, I want to say 2004 or 2009 is when they started to remake the Twilight oh, Zones. Oh,
1: yes, 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 yes. On and they did network, another, if I'm not
0: mistaken. Yep. yep. And yeah, they did yeah, another yeah. one. Yeah. They did an updated. All right. So, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, William Shatner, right? So, like, many people are afla- afraid of flying, like I said, or get anxious about it. So, kind it kind of preys on that, but there's like, an interesting twist. So, I will admit that for, for the most part, when I reference um, the episode, I'm making a reference to the movie. Because the movie, oh, okay. I will I will say that the first episode, the CGI or lack thereof, it's awful. Like that. Oh, in the original version? Yeah, that like uh Bigfoot looking like costume is not scary. It it's he looks like it's you ever not. see the um you ever see the 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 kind of like
1: get up that hunters will use when they're trying to like hide like in a bush? Yeah. And that that's it what look it looks like. like, like.
0: Yep. yep. Totally agree. Okay, so Shatner's character in the, uh, in the show, or I'm sorry, in the movie, was played by John Lithgow. And the, the special oh, effects yes. were way better. They look awesome. And it really does bring like a whole kind of like new chilling element to that. Because if you watch the movie and then go back and watch the original with William Shatner, the world's apart. Huh. So here, here's the opening narration. Portrait of a Frightened Man, Mr. Robert Wilson. 37, husband, father, and salesman on sick leave. Mr. Wilson has just been discharged from a sanity where he spent the last six months recovering from a nervous breakdown, the onset of which took place on an evening not dissimilar to this one, on an airliner very much like the one in which Mr. Wilson is about to be flown home. The difference being that, on that evening a half a year ago, Mr. Wilson's flight was terminated by the onslaught of his mental breakdown. Tonight, he's traveling all the way to his appointed destination, which, contrary to Mister Wilson's plan, happens to be in the darkest corner of the twilight zone.
1: <laughs> so we
0: start off. He's already on the plane, right? Yeah. Shot comes in wide. Bit of a stormy night. Uh, you could see the plane bouncing, experiencing a bit of turbulence. Okay, so we're already set up for not the best flight, I would say. Not usually. Not usually something I want to have happen on my flights. Exactly. Robert Wilson, clearly unsettled from his recent stint at the sanitarium, can already be seen fidgety and paranoid. Gazing out the window, he notices what appears to be a man on the wing of the plane. We get right into it. This is no man, he quickly realizes, but a gremlin of sorts? Seemingly bent on the destruction of this plane. So he can continuously be seen like Futsing with the engine, like trying to trying to cause issues. Yeah. So he turns to his wife, Julia. And tries to tell her that uh, there's something on the on the wing of the plane. He tries to tell the stewardess there's something on the wing of the plane. But every time somebody else comes over to watch the gremlin like hides itself by the engine. So it's kind of like underneath the plane but out of sight. Yeah. So he he admits that his claim is crazy because it's kind of exacerbated by the fact that only he can see the scremlin. So it's already not looking good for this guy.
1: Like what a, what a like mind fuck to begin with this idea of like, I know (sighs) that this sounds strange. Yeah. I know that I just came out of being institutionalized like I'm a, aw- I'm so hyper conscious of myself and my surroundings, and I don't know how I'm going to express
0: to you like there's some shit out there. And that's exactly how you would be. Like oh. I know this makes no sense, and I sound batshit crazy, but like this is happening right now. Somebody pay yeah. attention. So he he knows that he sounds crazy. He was just in the loony bin. He admits it's strange that like this thing is hiding for everyone else but him. So in response to his repeated outcries, he's given a sedative. He pretends to take it. Spits it out and then he begins To worry that his wife wants to send him back uh, To the sanitarium But like it's getting worse because Now the gremlin is really like Hacking into the um, Into the wing of the plane trying to get to the engine You can see the sparks flying off and stuff So in a fit of desperation He grabs a fire extinguisher Begins to smash The window God, Right a cop A cop on board grabs him Tackles him to the ground But somehow he knocks out the cop, grabs the cops, pistol fires at the window, blowing the window out and now sucking like sucking himself out the window. Now he's flying out half out the window, half inside the plane, firing off at this Gremlin thing. He can't hit a shot. He's a terrible shot. I don't even understand why he's trying at this point. I was just going to say, not so much that he's a terrible shot, but you're traveling at roughly 500 miles per hour. Exactly. So, luckily, at this point, he's, they're landing. So, he, you can see him. Like, he's been outside long enough that he has, like, ice, you know, like, icicles hanging from his face. The gremlin flies over to him. Like, essentially does, like, an Akeem Olajuwon, like, a, <laughs> waves his finger, grabs him by the face. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, I don't know. Grabs him by the face and then flies off into, like, the night sky. Holy shit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Oh, my God. So, so they finally land. Right, They put him in a straight jacket He's whisked away on a gurney So obviously they're bringing him right back To the mental hospital Um, And as the scene fades out On a routine check of the plane There's Seen some conspicuous damage Turns out That one of the plane's engines Was tampered with Revealing that Robert Wilson Was in fact not insane Oh I love it So I don't have the closing narration, but that is another, I mean, like classic, classic, classic episode. And I think pointed out by the point that it's been redone twice. If I'm not mistaken, one of my favorite things, and I'm going to have
1: to check to verify this, but I feel like I remember catching it very, very early. And it was during the original um, with William Shatner. Mm -hmm. The flight attendant goes to like get the pilot. To like address, like, you know, warn the pilot, like, hey, this guy's kind of freaking out or whatever. And when she goes to get the pilot, the pilot comes from the back of the, like, comes from behind him. And I remember watching it going, like, oh, what? like a continuity error like the pilot if the you're going to oh, summon I the pilot you would never get the like the pilot's not in the bathroom you yeah 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 in the back of the plane and i have to check to verify that but i always remember that being like one of those things like oh no oh, i feel like that's i feel oh, like we that's got right you. yeah we no, got I, I
0: feel it. like you're right
1: that's a that's a terrifying terrifying episode like, like i always remember there's something out there the, on the way the like, the movie is
0: really is that much more scary
1: I'm gonna have to send you. I'm gonna send you the episode of the podcast that I had listened to. It was oh behind, yeah, please do. It was a
0: behind the bastards. I need, I need to charge my this laptop. Hold on. Oh yeah. Stall.
1: My bags are packed. It's time to go. I'm leaving on a jet plane. Don't know when I'll be back again. Oh babe. I hate to go. So kiss me and smile for me. Tell me that you'll wait for me. Hold me like you'll never let me go.
0: Cause You're doing I'm a phenomenal leaving job.
1: Leaving on a jet plane. I sang uh, I must say uh most of the refrain, I think. Uh leaving on a jet plane for us. Um you know, just to hold us over. Am I going to edit it out? Absolutely
0: not. Absolutely not. So, Nightmare at thirty thousand feet, by the way, was released in uh, two thousand nineteen. Oh, okay. The most recent spinoff, and Adam Scott is the uh, starring role. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm going
1: to have to go and watch some of those new ones because I I haven't. Because uh, it was one of those things. Like once, kind of like Black Mirror came about, I was like, oh, this is like the 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 neo uh twilight zone so i'd never yeah, really watch you're right the new ones at so all. Th-
0: if anything the new twilight zone the new adaptations were in part written by jordan St- uh, jordan peele oh you're right so it's rod sterling and jordan peele on a, like kind of a revival you're right yeah because rod sterling wrote a
1: number of, of those i think oh, almost all of them really he, what a wild character too like Character. He was a real person, you know? Oh, he's a character, right? Man. And yeah, like if you, if you, you see, it's funny because it is one of those things where like, I don't know, again, you know, being part of the generation that we're a part of. Again, I think this big crossover of like, you know, either watching what was just on TV still, but at least having like cable kind of available to us. I think we watched a lot of stuff still that, you know, again, our parents and previous generations had watched that maybe folks nowadays like kids i don't know that are even in their you know teens wouldn't watch um, and as a result not get some of the references Uh, but it's such a good good episode such a great showing um all of the twilight zones are you know they they still freak me out to to know you know because no one also was paying attention to what i was watching as a child so you know why is he petrified to fly Oh, I have no idea. Couldn't couldn't be the Twilight Zone. Couldn't be the Twilight Zone. That would be strange. Only a only a, a parent that doesn't monitor their children would have let them watch that. Right. God. Or or more that is too too trusting. Yeah, one or the other. Because isn't that isn't that another one of the oh yeah, because we discussed it again. You watch uh, um Twilight Zone on New Year's Day. They've always got the Twilight Zone
0: New Year's Day marathon. Oh yeah. Classic. Oh, yeah.
1: Like switching back and forth between the Honeymooners and
0: Twilight Zone. Uh, I would argue that there are no better juxtapositions in cable.
1: Order $75 worth of Chinese food and just pack in. That sounds phenomenal. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. So um, I went ahead then and I explained to you before we had started that I kind of started to do an, an exceptionally please excuse the fact that I'm sweating um it's on camera I see it but you know what who cares fuck off um I went ahead and I did a deep dive into Jefferson Airplane oh boy classic 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 band uh from the 1960s perhaps one of the most quintessential sounds of the counterculture revolution psychedelic rock Mm. Yeah. And they are very, very much considered to be, uh, in many regards, again, one of the pioneering bands of the psychedelic rock music scene from San Francisco at the time. And they were first formed in 1965, and in fact, actually became the first like Bay Area band to achieve international success, ultimately becoming the only band. And I didn't know this. Uh, the only band to perform at all three of the like kind of iconic uh, concerts of the 1960s, they performed at Monterey Pop Festival. Woodstock. Woodstock and at Altamont. The death ah. of the 60s, the Altamont free concert that the Stones had oh. thrown also in uh, 1969.
0: I so about, I always forgot about that one.
1: Oh, yeah. The one where, yeah, we're going to go ahead free. and hire the, the the Hells Angels to go ahead and act as security. Yeah, great idea, Mick. Well done. So uh, they were first formed by Marty Ballin, who had then recruited all the other members after he had opened up a club um, called The Matrix. And that really became like a hub for the San Francisco music scene at the time. Um, And it was actually the guitarist, and and forgive me if I pronounce his name incorrectly, Uh, I want to say that it's Jorma uh, Kalkanen, And he had come up with the name inspired by a nickname that was given to him, which was Blind Thomas Jefferson Airplane. And it came from a, uh, there was like another older like blues uh, guitarist. He was called like Blind Lemon Airplane or something like that. And that's how he got his nickname. And then according to him, they were all thinking up these like quote unquote really stupid names. For the band and he had turned around and said uh if you want something really silly try jefferson airplane so that's where the name came up with like it was you know that's how they came up with the name for jefferson airplane I'm trying itself. to come up with silly names exactly and he was like you, you know these are all really dumb but if you want to think of a dumb name like jefferson airplane try that okay so their breakout had come through with the addition of grace slick who is a absolute Stone Cold, sixties Fox. Uh, it's the only way I can describe it. Like Grace Slick is beautiful uh, in no all regards. Ooh, baby, go and look up what Grace Slick had looked like in the mid sixties, late sixties. Okay. Just like phenomenal. So she had become their lead uh, vocalist after the original vocalist, a girl by the name of a woman by the name of uh, Sydney Tolley Anderson left because she had gotten pregnant, you know, had a baby and decided like, I don't want to tour, um, you know, after having a kid. Like, I don't think that that's uh, fair at all. So Grace Slick had already been known to the members of Jefferson Airplane because she had been performing in a band called the Great Society. Uh, which might sound familiar.
0: No? I don't think so, no.
1: Okay. Um, regardless, when she had joined, uh, she brought two songs uh, that she had written. Well, she had brought two songs that were written for the Great Society originally that wound up being on uh, their like kind of like smash album from 1967, S- uh, Surrealistic Pillow. Um, so she brought one song that she had written herself and one that had been written by her brother-in-law at the time. Um, and I'll get into those two tracks in just a little bit. Okay. Um, so the album, though, again, which is really kind of like the quintessential album of the psychedelic like um, music scene. It only took 13 days to record uh, at a total cost of $8,000. That was it. That's nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So the title of the album itself, Surrealistic Pillow, came from one of their producers, Jerry Garcia, of The Grateful oh. Dead. However, so he had made a passing comment uh, that the album had sounded as surrealistic as a pillow is soft, and that's how they came up with the name as Surrealistic Pillow. Um Let's just double down on the idea that it was 1967 uh, sure. and everybody was just on a shit ton of, you know, hallucinogenics, all and, sorts and of everything, all sorts of everything. Interestingly enough, he didn't uh, have much credit from RCA. They recorded on RCA records, uh, so they didn't give him credit as a producer on the album. However, he is credited with being the quote unquote spiritual advisor, um, which I think can be read as dealer probably. Sure. So the two songs that really kind of catapulted the band and the album, like I said, were two that had come from uh, the Great Society, one of which was White Rabbit. You know White Rabbit? Uh, maybe. One pill makes you larger and one pill nope. makes you small. Definitely. Oh, no? I don't oh, think so. Oh, man. I'll send it over. It's okay. Uh, Unbelievable unbelievable song so it uses imagery from lewis carroll's alice in wonderland as well as then the sequel through the looking glass so grace slick had wrote the lyrics first and then the music allegedly having spent fifty dollars on a red upright piano that was missing eight or ten keys eight or ten somewhere around that vicinity we could say nine you know roughly nine keys um So she had commented, so the whole song is, you know, one pill makes you larger, one pill makes you small. The one that mother gives you doesn't do anything at all. Go ask Alice. I think she'll know. Um, So she had commented that the song was meant to be a slap in the face to parents who had read their children such novels and then wondered why their children later went on to use drugs. Because Lewis Carroll was experimenting again Uh, with, um, you know, hallucinogenics. For sure. When uh, he had written those books, it was also a bit uh, of an homage to Alice and how, unlike so many other stories where there was like a Prince Charming that needed to come along and, you know, save the damsel in distress and save the princess, Alice had done everything on her own and just kept going. She followed her own curiosity. You know, it was a matter of, you know, I find myself in this kind of bizarre and, and weird and magical place. Um, I'm the only one that is going to be able to get myself out of this. So it was basically, you know, uh, again, an homage to this idea of like girls and women are just as capable of independence, independence. Exactly. And I was like, that's really cool. I don't think I actually realized that when, no. uh, when I, you know, think about that. The other song uh, was somebody to love? Don't Not the Queen you song. want somebody? Oh, to love. I know that song. Yep. So it was originally written by her then brother-in-law, uh, Darby Slick, after learning that his girlfriend had left him. Um, so while it was written during the period of you know free love and open love and all that, Darby saw this as a potential problem. And as a result, the song actually champions these ideas of like loyalty and monogamy, reinforcing the idea that like falling in love doesn't really happen, but rather it's an action that one must consciously make. Um, and interesting. Well, it takes interesting a way, way to put it. Yeah. It takes a little bit of the mystery, I think, and kind of the like allure of like love out of things. But I yeah. do think that it makes sense also. like. You know, you know, you have to consciously date someone and kind of picture yourself spending again, you know, your life with someone, and that's kind of the process of falling in love. Sure, I think
0: takes away um, some of the whimsy. I, I see uh, what you're yeah, saying. Yeah,
1: yeah, but I guess at a period where like everybody was, you know, it was a sexual revolution, so everybody was, you know, screwing around with everyone. So uh, when Grace Slick then had joined Jefferson Airplane, uh, the version had become much more like ferocious and much more like aggressive and subsequently became their biggest hit peaking at number five on the charts. Oh, wow. Um, And then I just, this is where I can went off the rails. I go, just, just there's so much to talk about, about the (laughs) band because booze and drugs and drugs and booze, but I won't. Who am I writing this for? It's just you. Wasn't that guy who fixed your windshield today? Delicious. Eat him with a spoon. Where am I? Oh, okay. I am. (laughs) So, was very attractive. Uh, So following uh, Surrealistic Pillow, the band had another five albums uh, that all charted in the top 25 through 1972, which is roughly equivalent to an album a year for the next five years. Wow. All being in the top 25. Ultimately, the band went through a number of like different performers and lineups. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1996, and they were given a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award in 2016 uh, as well. So, of those original members, um, or of the members, like you're right.
0: Yeah, that's okay. fine. I just I just kicked the uh, leg of the table. It's fine. All right.
1: So of the members during like their peak success, only three are still living today. You know, this is unfortunately like some of these greats are all you know uh moving on so yeah. interestingly enough though the original vocalist the woman uh sydney toley anderson um who grace Lick had uh replaced as well as the other uh band co-founder paul Cantor, they had died on the same day oh wow in january 28th of 2016 both at the same age of 74 um and then two again two quick reasons why i love Grace Slick and not just because she was a 60s counterculture smoke show Uh, so the first of which uh, was that during an August 1969 performance on the Dick Cavett show the band performed the song we can be together and subsequently she became the first person to say fuck on American television uh, oh wow which I thought was awesome I mean the whole band sang it but she kind of sang it first yeah Um, so I thought that was pretty cool and then conversely, when the band uh, was later performing as Jefferson Starship during their 1978 European tour, um, she had caused a riot uh, with German audiences because they had to cancel the show one night because she was too drunk. And then the next night when they did perform, she was also too drunk to perform Properly, She had a substance issue uh, where she mocked the audience for losing World War Two, actively saying into the mic who won the war over and over and over again, Uh, which I think is just absolutely brilliant. And that's that's where I stole the line from her whenever I go to the south and uh, whenever I'm sorry, you did. Oh, that's what that's right. Yep. Who won the war whenever I'm drunken around the Southerners? I got it from Grace Slick look when at she you Taunted the nazis or the germans not the nazis uh you know so yeah, yeah jefferson po- airplane
0: potato tomato you know don't you want somebody I to gotta tell you I did not see that coming yeah fun stuff right okay now i'm gonna just show you how my brain works for a second actually i i must say that this was a uh a suggestion from my wife so this this is this kind of came from her but we're going to talk about, and you can uh, open up your other link now whenever you have a chance.
1: I love this. It's like one of those, like uh, Disney. Uh, follow the
0: follow the bouncing Mickey head. What's behind door number three? It could be a boat. What if it's a boat? What if it's a boat? Oh, so we're going to talk about dangerous airport landing strips.
1: Oh my! Because
0: I feel I feel like this deserves a place in this show. It does. I, I see. Don't you agree? 100%. Oh us, there were so many things that we missed in terms of like airplanes in general but oh, sure. this is definitely a good one. I'm trying to yeah I'm trying to make up for it. Okay. So I'm so I'm going to take us to the first one on the list. First one in your article sir. The Princess Juliana Airport in somewhere we are very familiar with, St. Martin. Yes, we are very familiar with very it. Very familiar. So that the, thought this was super cool um in St. Martin there is uh, I could tell 30 other stories about this fantastical place but i'm not i'm gonna i'm gonna tell this story there's a thin beach thin narrow beach with a fence separating tourists from airplanes you can see in the image quite literally it flies right over the tourists
1: what is the why
0: really cool so that they you know that's where this airstrip is uh and now this spot has become a favorite spot of tourists who are trying to get like airplane selfies Not many places you can go and get an airplane selfie. Oh
1: god, that was rude. Sorry. This just seems wildly dangerous.
0: It does look very dangerous, does it not? Yeah. But I mean, really cool spot to uh, to get a photo op, you know. I'm
1: I'm never gonna I'm so luckily weak on my selfie game that I would never in my life (laughs) think like, you know what I want to do? No, hang out with their jet engines to go ahead and
0: take a picture with them. That's not for me. You know, I didn't I didn't mention this before, but my my wife is obsessed with airplanes. Oh, she is. Oh, oh yeah. To the to the point where like if if I know we're driving past an airfield. That I should just expect that she's not going to pay attention while she's driving.
1: I can relate because that's how I fell in love with airplanes, like driving past Newark. It's her it's her favorite thing. I, I think they're awesome. Good. So, you know what? Next time we're all together, she and I will sit in the backseat and you can just drive us around if anything. That works. Uh, Brewster
0: Road. You got it, buddy. Sure thing. Moving down our list, we're going to go to Nepal. This is the Tenzing Hillary Airport. It's the next one down for you. Um, Quite the view to go along with its extremely short runway that is actually an incline and ends abruptly at a steep cliff. Why in the world? This is sitting at the gateway to Mount Everest. Um, this airport must err on the side of caution as uh-huh. they frequently have to close without warning due to the ever-changing winds and cloud cover. But I mean, beautiful airport, it is beautiful. I, you know, what I think freaks me out there is that whole idea of uh, we have to close without warning. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, because how many other towns are just showing up at the bases of Everest? Well, not True. even at the base, dude. I mean, look, it's pretty hot. No, I was high just up. gonna
1: say, it's, it's up there,
0: yeah, it's Holy up there. Shit. Okay, so the next one actually, this one might be a personal favorite of mine. This is uh, two down for you. This is the corqueville Alteport in France. Ooh. This airport is insanely dangerous, and I don't even have to say anything. You just need to look at the picture. It is uh, covered in ice. Icy conditions are the normal here. And because of so many mountains, you know, because there are so many mountains surrounding, um, there's a possibility, uh, there's, I'm sorry, no possibility of a pilot to have a go around approach. I'm not sure if you know what that is. Yeah. So it's when they can circle the area and kind of like decide whenever they want to land. Unfortunately, they can't do that here. So that means that whenever they're ready to land, they have to be ready to land. You're coming in, you're going to land, you're landing this time. No choice. Oh, I don't like that. Um, This could actually get a little hairy because when the fog rolls in, the visibility becomes a huge issue and actually can go down to zero. So even in good conditions here, things can go wrong. Back in 2019, a plane missed the touchdown zone and crashed into a snowbank, injuring three passengers.
1: Yeah, I don't like that because this is also like some of these airports, oh, and hello. this one in particular,
0: this isn't one of those
1: where you're also coming in on a 707. You're not coming in on a 747. Oh, no. You're on like a little rinky ding charter. Pop 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 pop. That's
0: the sound, evidently, that a propeller makes in my mind. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, not the, not the best. No. No, no. Okay, we're, we're going to keep going on down. I think this one actually <laughs> might be the most dangerous on our list yet. Uh, this is the Tioman Airport in Malaysia. Oh, well, let's see here. So uh, just a couple down for you. This airport in Malaysia requires a bit of skill to get to, as the pilot must clear multiple mountain ridges on their way in and then proceed to make a sharp turn to land on the runway parallel to the beach. Oh, shit. This also happens to be a one-way runway. So there is only one way of entrance and exit, both flying in and out. So lots of uh, top-notch coordination for this airway to run regularly. As you can see, there is not much room for.
1: I mean, don't distance. get me wrong.
0: I understand the idea
1: of one way, but at the same time,
0: anything can be two ways no well sure yeah well i guess how it is is you can only leave and enter facing the same way must be or i'm sorry you can turn to land it's path. you have to Jesus christ yeah it's only one way in and out that's so you can land you know like you can land facing east but you also need to exit facing west
1: yeah oh the uh, you see like i Pilots do not, I think, always get some of the respect that they necessarily deserve.
0: They definitely this. don't. Like, and um, in my last airport, it's called the Paro Airport in Bhutan. I think got uh, two more down for you. Yeah. Standing as Bhutan's only airport, surrounded by the towering Himalayas, another beautiful view, uh, landing at Paro Airport, and this goes back to what you say, is a daunting task. Pilots really don't get the... Um, the uh what's the word i'm looking for acknowledgement that they should so actually in in the world there are only eight pilots that are qualified to make the landing at paro in bhutan eight only eight in the entire Holy world the, the high winds as you can see from the picture the himalayas are right ar- all around it yeah there are also high winds that make it increasingly difficult to guide the plane over the nearby rooftops because those are houses right there like at the bottom of that shot and yeah. uh yeah, those are those are like residential houses. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. sorry. Again, apologize.
1: I wow, like never. Never.
0: Pretty so I'm cool. always
1: these are some of those like flights where, like, I'm sure if you were to like see them landing online, these are the ones that like always blow my mind where as that plane comes down, where all of a sudden to like slice the air, they like go almost like perpendicular to the yeah. uh you know, the runway. And then at the last moment, like stick it back on in, that is mind blowing. Like, I don't
0: know how they do that.
1: It's really impressive,
0: shit, man. But like, wow. It's really impressive. And there's one I didn't talk about, but I, I feel like we have to talk about it anyway. Yeah. Um, all the way down at the bottom of the list yeah. is just uh, born airport mm-hmm. in New Zealand. And I mean, right. There's a railway, a railway crossing in the main runway of the airport. Why trains and planes intersect throughout the day and are carefully managed by the air traffic controller who signals for the train to go after the plane has landed. Why it's that? I mean, efficiency, I guess this was built all the way back in 66 accident, free accident, free coexistence since then. I mean, if that, if that isn't a Testament,
1: Holy! So what shit. things should be like? Well, it's wild. Like you, you know. Luckily, we live in a time when we do because there were more than enough accidents that had like there were more than enough mistakes that had been made previously um, to where you know flying is the safest way to travel. You know,
0: um, it's pretty amazing that this airstrip has been sans accidents since the '60s. Yeah, so we, we can't go six months without a truck driving into the underpass at Laurel Ave. Oh, God, I know. Although I
1: think it's closed right now yet again, if I'm not mistaken. I believe uh, so. Yes. Yeah, I know. Because I got I got lost in our own childhood town because I you did. Fi- I did. Um, I couldn't figure out how to get to the parkway from my parents' house. I was very embarrassed. Oh, um, yeah, I was very embarrassed. Yeah, I expect but- more from you. I listen, I expect more from me too. I have a GPS built in, you know, um, to everything at this point. So the I wonders could, couldn't figure out how to get there. Those are some cool, those are some cool runways though. Those are like, awesome, right? Yeah. Like I love that kind of stuff. That's awesome. If you ever get a chance, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, the subreddit um, catatra- uh, catastrophic failure, catastrophic Jesus catastrophic failure
0: oh i've never heard of
1: that okay oh it's such a good one but they go through some of these kind of like classic or like old uh like plane crashes and explain like they do these deep analysis of like what happens it's definitely shit that's like given to folks who are training to be pilots like it's very technical oh um but they break it down also for like those of us you know passengers i guess if you will and how many of these accidents were totally due to like miscommunications and whatnot in this a lot of times like takeoff and landing processes and how as a result in the last you know 30 years we really don't have a lot of them knock on wood anymore as a result um wow crazy shit though Mm. crazy
0: stuff yeah love it well hey thanks everyone for joining us in today yeah and uh we can't wait to be in person next time yeah we're gonna be back yeah, together. we got some really good beer to drink. We have a lot. We have a it's lot really of good, beer, really good beer to go to drink. through. Oh yeah, buddy, for sure. So I guess that means um, I'll be seeing you at least. Oh, very soon. Very, hope, very soon. We're gonna. Hope, we're gonna. Sorry. Well, I was just gonna say we're gonna get together off air and uh, and figure it out. Yeah. And hammer and hope, out the details.
1: We hope that you join us as well. So make sure that wherever you're listening right now, you click that subscribe button. You know, obliterate that ob- like button. Obliterate it. Damn it. Um, yeah, and otherwise we'll see you on the socials. Yeah. So long, you know,
0: we'll catch go, you. Go forth and do the Lord's work. Stay tuned for the recording of Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.
1: Beers End is hosted by Alex Chula and me, Nick Messina. Video producer is Mike Delavan. Original music is by Alex Chula. Sound effects have been provided by Zapsplat. And audio editing and producing is from me, Nick Messina. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Beers and wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Beers and Podcast and on Twitter at Beers and One. That's on Twitter at Beers and the number one. Or shoot us an email at beersandpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, Alex and I always want you to enjoy your beer safely and responsibly. Neither Alex nor myself have any affiliations with any of the breweries we sampled in this episode, be them legal affiliations or otherwise. If you have any questions or concerns, please email us at beersandpodcast at gmail.com. That's beers, the word and, podcast at gmail.com.